This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Good morning, everybody. It is seven minutes past nine o'clock here in Middletown, Connecticut. Welcome to a Monday morning wake-up call here on Sports Country Radio. Appreciate you spending some time with us this morning as we work our way around the world of sports. Of course, a lot to talk about yesterday with the NFL games. Um, They were uh, certainly exciting. I guess. I mean, right down to the last minute. And I apologize. We seem to be having some, uh, uh, we appear to be having some kind of problem with our audio this morning. So hang on. Please bear with me as uh, we try to work our way through this. Uh, If you you don't manage to get the sound, um, uh, hopefully you will. It's going through my recorder, but for some reason it does not seem to be going out uh, live, so uh, please bear with us as uh, we try to work our our way through this. Uh, anyway, um, uh, it was certainly uh, it was certainly fun, um, but we are going to have in look, <laughs> in my opinion, a very underwhelming Super Bowl. I mean, it's the only way I can put it. It just to me, it's not uh, not very exciting. You know, I uh, I have to admit that I was rooting for a Kansas City Rams final. I thought that that would be probably the most exciting. Uh, although, you know, again, I, I, I probably shouldn't take anything away from Joe Burrow. Right, I mean, uh, he certainly has been uh, uh, Mr. Clutch his entire career in college, and here, I mean, this is a guy that two years ago he's playing in a national championship game, right? And look at where he is now. You know, this is a guy that uh, does not uh, seem to be bothered by much of anything. We talked about that with Dan Zampano uh, on Friday. You know, about how this guy just seems to have ice in his veins. Which is good for, good for him. You know, good for him. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And uh, we'll get to uh, to that and some other things. I want to try to work through this sound thing. So we're going to take a quick break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. Well, welcome back to The Wake Up Call. Looks like we have our uh, sound problem fixed. I appreciate you hanging in with us as uh, as we work through that. You know, we've uh, had a bit of a struggle lately. Uh, uh, got a new phone, and uh, uh, which I love my new phone. It's a new Samsung Galaxy. The problem is, is that when I traded in my old phone, the new one does not have a headphone jack, you know, and... Uh, 
the problem with that is, is when I do my interviews on the show with, uh, with our guests that come on, I, take, I, I plug it into the headphone jack, I run it through my mixer, we're good to go. Well, that hasn't been working, so we've had to go to uh, other options and uh, uh, try to use Skype or Zoom or some other things, and it has not been as successful. Uh, and uh, anyway, I appreciate you, uh, you guys hanging in there. Uh, as we work through this. But anyway, because as, as I was trying to run through Skype and other things, we've been trying it and messing with my settings, and uh, obviously I'd screwed with something too much. And But now we're back. We're back. So uh, before we get to yesterday's NFL games, I just want to talk a second about the the uh, the controversy going on uh, on Spotify. And, uh, you know, Neil Young started this whole thing with, uh, you know, I, I want my, uh, my music taken off of Spotify because of Joe Rogan and the you know, the, the controversial things he has on his podcast about the vaccines, yada, yada, yada. Uh, look, I, I, let, me, let me be right up front with this. I don't listen to Joe Rogan at all. Uh, I have never uh, watched his podcast. Uh, so to tell you that I am informed about, uh, about what he does on his show outside of uh, reading what I've read online, um, I, I can't tell you an awful lot about it, you know, other than, you know, uh, you see the thing where he has on about, uh, about how people could be hypnotized, uh, et cetera, et cetera, for, with the vaccine and all this. I mean, you know, it's kind of whack job stuff, really, when you think about it. Uh, so I don't, I don't really understand a lot of what he's doing. Uh, but obviously it has been controversial for a lot of people. I get it. Uh, but at the same time, you know, look, if you don't like Joe Rogan's podcast, turn it off. If you think he's a whack job, turn it off. You know, this isn't a guy that's advocating for the violent overthrow of the government. You know, this is a guy who's an actor and a comedian and he's got his own podcast and he's been, uh, you know, he's just trying to find his own way and doing his own thing. And, you know, so, <coughs> you know, it's like with my show, you don't like what I say, you don't have to listen. Right. Um, but Neil Young, you know, starts to make a big deal on this. Well, you can't have me and Joe Rogan at the same time. So if you're not going to kick Joe Rogan off, take my music off of Spotify. Okay. So Spotify took his music off. Uh, Joni Mitchell followed suit. Nils Lofgren has done the same thing. There's other artists starting to do the same thing. You know, uh, look, you know, in Spotify over the weekend, their chief executive, uh, uh, Daniel Eck came out and said, look, we're going to start putting content warnings on about anything that has to do with the vaccine. We're going to put a, a warning out there that it might be controversial, that it might not it might go against, you know, uh, the norm, et cetera, et cetera, which is fine. But to, to have Neil Young and Joni Mitchell or whoever, you know, trying to strong arm a, a company like Spotify saying, well, it's either my way. Or it's either them or me. Well, fine. Get the hell out. Because, uh, by the way, I can't tell you the last time I tried to uh, to stream a Neil Young song uh, because <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather listen to feedback. Uh, you know, I'm, if you're a Neil Young fan, I'm sorry, but I every time I listen to Neil Young sing, all I can think of is somebody strangling a cat. Uh, but anyway, I, but it just seems silly to me. You know, at the end of the day, you don't have to like Joe Rogan. You know, and if look, if if. 
If you're Neil Young, I don't know what kind of money he gets out of Spotify. I can't think there's an awful lot. I mean, you know, you get residuals when your songs are played, but I can't imagine it's a lot for him, you know. And and if, and if you want to take that stand, fine. But, you know, come on. It's it's all it's almost part of this whole knee-jerk, I, I don't want to call it cancel culture because that term is overused, but it's all, everything is so... Uh, Ah, overblown. You know, it's like we just get hysterical about everything. Just don't listen. You know, and if Joe Rogan was, uh, you know, a, a Nazi sympathizer and he was on there saying Heil Hitler and down with the government, and I, look, that's a completely different story. But this is a guy that is just trying to present different views on his podcast. He's trying to be a bit controversial. Look, he's trying to get, he's trying to get people to listen to his podcast. It's no different than uh, Don Imus or uh, uh, Howard Stern, or any of the old shock jocks, any, you know, they, they all used to do the same thing. You know, they used to say outrageous things just to get people to listen, and they did. And Joe Rogan does because he's, he's a little bit out there. But, you know, now, and Rogan, for his part, he tried to apologize over the weekend and said, look, you know, uh, uh, I'm not trying to be controversial he said, I'm not trying to promote misinformation. He said, I'm not trying to do anything with this podcast other than talk to people. But he agreed that what he would do is if, you know, if he had somebody on that had controversial views about the vaccine or anything else, that he would then have a medical professional on right after that to kind of uh, not not debunk, but just to, to, to present the the more mainstream kind of view, which is fine. You know, but Joe Rogan, and look, don't get me wrong, Rogan doesn't want to lose this platform. It's a big platform for him. But, you know, just come on with Neil Young and joining. Well, get out. You know, and look, they're, they're my generation. That's the music I grew up listening to. But get the hell out. You know, come on. You know, part of what makes this country great and part of what why our experiment works so well is the the, the ability to have freedom of expression. I mean, look, there are limits to that. You can't advocate the overthrow of the government. You can't, uh, you know, I mean, there's certain things you just can't do. But to have a podcast, for God's sake, and, and you know, just to, to talk, to, as he says, to talk to people. And so you talk to people that are a little out there. That's fine. It's been going on for years. It's part of what makes our country great. So, you know, I just, it just, it's tiresome to me. And I love the fact that you know, uh, Sirius XM and uh, Apple Music and some other some other uh, avenues have all said, yeah, by the way, we still have Neil Young music. I, uh, Sirius XM took, uh, took to the air immediately to say, hey, by the way, we're bringing back the Neil Young ch- channel on Sirius XM. <laughs> uh, but it's just silly. It's just silly to me. So uh, anyway, enough about that. But let's get to the NFL games yesterday. Um, so we went. You know, the entire Super Bowl era never had a team host the Super Bowl, right? Have it have it be in its own uh, stadium. And now two years in a row, we're going to have it again. Uh, Tampa did it last year for the first time, and now the Rams will host the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl in two weeks. And, you know, if, if you want to put any credence in this, I mean, it, it'll be the lowest uh, – matchup in terms of seeds in Super Bowl history. 
there has never been a Super Bowl since they started seeding the uh, the teams back. I think they started doing that after like Super Bowl ten or something like that. But there has never been a Super Bowl without a number one, two, or three seed in the game. First time ever. It'll be two number four seeds. I mean, think about this. This is a Cincinnati Bengals team that lost seven games this year. Seven. And here they are in, in what I consider an improbable run. But the, the only time we ever had close to that in terms of the, the uh, combined seating, which is like eight, was like in Super Bowl. Well, I don't remember what one it was, but it was when the, uh, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers were in the Super Bowl and they played a they, and they were but they were a two seed. And they played a number six seed. I'm trying to remember who it was. Jeez, uh, I can't remember. I can't remember who it was. But anyway, uh, so that you know, if so, if you if you if you put any credence in that, you know, fine. But uh, you know, I think it's got a chance to be a decent game. Uh, you know, on the face of it, if you look just on paper, I think the Rams kill them. But. I didn't think the Bengals were going to beat the Chiefs. And matter of fact, with uh, you know two minutes left in the first half, I thought this game was over. I was ready to like go do something else and not watch the game. Right? It was what twenty-one to three until Joe Burrow threw that touchdown pass to Perrine with about a minute left in the first half that made it twenty-one to ten going into the intermission. And then in the second half. I mean, just the Chiefs scored three points in the second half. Three. And what was amazing to me about this game was, remember last week, Joe Burrow was sacked nine times. A record for a, for a playoff game, nine times. He got sacked once against the Chiefs yesterday, once. Hell, Patrick Mahomes got sacked four times. Think about that for a minute. Uh, you know, and and so and was was Joe Burrow uh, great? No, but he was good enough. Twenty three of thirty eight, two hundred and fifty yards, couple of touchdowns, one pick. Uh, really good. I mean, good enough. But Patrick Mahomes, and as good as Patrick Mahomes is, and and don't get me wrong, he's probably if if Tom Brady retires, and we'll get to that in a minute. If Tom Brady retires, Patrick Mahomes is one of the two best quarterbacks, one of the three best quarterbacks in the NFL. Right now, and as far as I'm concerned, your three best quarterbacks in the NFL are Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen, probably in that order. But as great as he is, there are times that Mahomes does things that hurt his team. You know, uh, look, you know, and and if you're a Chiefs fan, you know you'll you'll probably argue with me. But there are times when he's scrambling around, you know, and uh, that you you want him to just throw the ball away because you just you just know something bad is going to happen. You know, he was damn lucky yesterday, by the way, 
before they kicked the field goal that tied the game late in the game, they damn near lost it because he scrambled around, had the ball knocked out of his hands when he's doing one of his mad dashes, you know, 20 yards behind the line of scrimmage. The ball comes out of his hand. He was so lucky that Tooney was there to fall on it. Or that game's over in regulation. So as great as he can be, there are times when he's trying to create that it can be um, a bad thing. But having said that, you know, you have to give, you have to take your cap off. Joe Burrow is in his second year in the league. Think about this, folks. He's got a chance to become, I don't believe that any quarterback if I think I heard this right, there is no quarterback that has ever won the Heisman Trophy, been a number one pick, and won a Super Bowl. I believe that's what I heard. Um, you know, but Joe Burrow, hell, two years ago or three years ago, he's playing in the national championship game for LSU, smoking a cigar after they won the game, right? And uh, you know, was getting killed. His first year in the league ended up missing six or seven games with an injury because his offensive line was trying to get him killed. Hell, we thought he was going to get killed this year, but you know he this guy takes a licking and keeps on ticking. I don't know how long his career will be if 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 Cincinnati doesn't address something to get that offensive line better to keep him upright. But man, you know you know what this kid is. This kid's a winner. He may not go down in history as the flashiest quarterback or the most talented quarterback, but just two years into the league, this kid, you can see it, this kid knows how to win. He knows how to make plays when he needs to make them. There were a couple of instances in that game yesterday where, you know, Joe Burrow picked up first down simply by using his legs. And he's, look, he's, you know, nobody's going to confuse him with the way that Josh Allen runs or Patrick Mahomes run or or uh, Lamar Jackson. But you know what? He's got a nose for the game. And there were a couple of times that he scrambled around and he picked up a couple of big first downs on a drive when, it, when they flushed him out of the pocket. He's not flashy, but he wins. So, uh, you know, would I bet against him in the Super Bowl? Well, I'm not, I don't bet, but would I bet against him? No, I don't think I would. I think right now the early uh, the early uh, Vegas odds have the Rams as like a three-and-a-half-point favorite. But I wouldn't bet against this kid. You know, and look, with, with the weapons that he has and T. Higgins and and uh, Jamar Chase and and having uh, Mixon in the back f- uh, backfield. Mixon gained 88 yards yesterday. Very quiet 88 yards, by the way. Uh, you know, like this guy's got some some uh, some great offensive weapons if they can keep him in one piece. And they did a great job of that yesterday. And this kid, Evan McPherson, I love this kid, nails the 52-yard field goal with, with what, six minutes left to put him – uh, to put him up 24-21, but then, you know, Mahomes does his thing. And look, you know, the Chiefs only have themselves to blame. They had an opportunity. They got down close. It looked like they were going to score a touchdown. I thought this game was going to be over in regulation. It was like, here we go again. You know, but that was one of those things where there were a couple of plays where Mahomes, you know, maybe would have been better off throwing the football away and and, and re-racking and going to another play. And, and like I said, he almost lost it on, uh, on the one play where uh, he fumbled the football. But uh, this McPherson kid, I love this kid. Lots of confidence. But Joe Burrow, 
Yeah, I think uh, I don't know. I look. I'm not. I'm not. Like I said, I don't bet. But man, I think they are going. This is going to be an, an interesting game. And on the other side, I'm excited for Matthew Stafford. You know, and uh, look, I don't have a dog in his hunt. I don't root for the Rams. I've never been a Matthew Stafford supporter per se. I just love the fact that this guy had to play in Detroit for most of his career. You know, think about that. You know, a Detroit team that is perennially the last few years just hideous. You know, and it was a year to the day when he agreed to the trade to send him to the Los Angeles Rams. By the way, he he must have thought about that for all of about 30 seconds when the trade was proposed to him, or maybe three seconds. Ah, hell yeah, get me out of here. Uh, you know, to do what he did this year, this guy had never won a playoff game before this year, and now here he is in the Super Bowl. And... Uh, again, was he great yesterday? I don't wouldn't say he was great, but he was good enough. He threw for 337 yards, a couple of touchdowns. He was, you know, he was pretty good. Um, and he had to do it himself because the Rams weren't able to run the football. You know, they got behind in this game, but even when they tried to run the football, they couldn't very well. Cam Akers uh, gained 48 yards, less than four yards a pop. He got hurt, was out for a little while. Sony Michelle was awful. You know, so they didn't have a ground game. If they were going to win this game, it was going to be Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham Jr. and Matthew Stafford, and that's exactly who it was. Cup went 142 yards on 11 catches. Just amazing. You know, he's not going to win the MVP, but I'm telling you, whew, every game this guy does this. And Odell Beckham Jr. has a chance to is now going to go to his first Super Bowl. Nine catches, 113 yards. And, you know, Dan Zampano said this when we had him on on Friday. He said, look, this is the, – the, the Rams don't have wiggle room here. All the, all the moves that the Rams made to bring in Stafford, you know, to bring in Beckham, you know, all the, all the other moves that they made, they had to win this thing. Otherwise, it was a failure, you know, and I, I can't disagree with that. So, you know, so I'm happy for Matthew Stafford, you know, uh, his wife's a little out there, a little bit of a nut, a nut job, but, you know, be that as it may, uh, you know, and, but you had to be happy for them. It's, it's just great, you know, and, and it's uh, so you kind of got two good feel good stories, right? Uh, a guy that, you know, languished for, you know, a dozen years on a, on an awful football team, getting a chance and Joe Burrow getting a chance to, uh, play in a Super Bowl just a couple of years after playing for a national championship when nobody, nobody thought they had a chance to get to the Super Bowl. I sure as hell didn't, you know, and, and you know, look, and if you're a Cincinnati fan, Think about this. The year before they drafted Joe Burrow, they were the worst team in the NFL. That's why they got Joe Burrow. And it goes to show you how one or two players can make a big difference. And, you know, in their case, it was two players. It was Jamar Chase and it was Joe Burrow. So anybody that wants to tell you that, uh, you know, 
just having a number one draft pick doesn't make a difference. Well, Bengals fans would uh, would disagree with that. You know, for the Bengals, it'll be their third Super Bowl. They've never won one. They've lost. They lost to the 49ers twice. By the way, they had to be rooting hard for the Rams because they didn't want to get to another Super Bowl and have it be the 49ers, right? They lost to the 49ers in '82 and '89. Um, and for the Rams, this will be their um, fifth Super Bowl. The Rams are one and three in their previous trips. Their only other win came in 90, 1999, and that's when they they weren't even in Los Angeles when they were in their last when they won their Super Bowl. Right, they were in uh, St. Louis, so that's where we are as far as the NFL goes, and the news that uh, was trying threatening to trump everything. I even hate using that word "trump." I can't believe I did that. Uh, <laughs> the news that everybody was talking about on Saturday was that Tom Brady had retired, but then it's like, wait a minute. Well, no, he didn't, because as soon as that word came out. Uh, Tom Brady's father was like, yeah, no, he hasn't said that. Uh, Tom Brady himself said, look, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ready to make that decision yet. And I, I informed that the, uh, uh, the team that I'm not ready to make that decision yet. And who reported that he had retired? ESPN. ESPN. Love it. ESPN, uh, who at, at one time I took as a, uh, a legitimate source for sports news. Now it's just a joke. ESPN I, and look, I have I have some friends that work at ESPN. Don't get me, to, please don't send me letter bombs. Uh, but ESPN, in my mind, stopped being a legitimate uh, sports news organization a while ago. They're all about the flash now and about the the controversy and about talking. It's not even about talking heads. It's about screaming heads and these uh, you know all these these shows. It's not about news anymore, which is a shame. So the fact that they got it wrong doesn't necessarily surprise me. Now, it doesn't mean that Tom Brady isn't going to retire. I selfishly hope he doesn't. There's a lot of people that hope he doesn't. Uh, I'd love to see him give it one more try. He always said 45, right? So I'd love to see him come back, give it one more shot, and if you don't make it, then you walk away. But at the end of the day, he said it You know, after the, after the season was over, after they lost last week. He said, uh, look, you know, this is a family decision, and my wife deserves what she needs from me as a husband. My kids deserve what they need from me as a father. So that's how we're going to make this decision. It's going to be a family decision. You know, I can't blame him. You know, and if Giselle says, look, Tom, I don't want to watch you. I I can't stand watching you get hit, and I I don't want you to play anymore. And he says he's going to walk away, then you know what? It's fine. He doesn't owe anybody anything. That's number one, you know. Uh, the only well, I shouldn't say he doesn't owe anybody in the uh, sports world anything. The only person that he owes anything to is his wife. Period. She's the only one that matters. So if uh, uh, if he has to, if he she decides he she wants him to walk away, and he walks away, then you know, fair enough, fair enough. So we'll see. I, I still, you know, uh, I think I think he, you know, I think the problem with him is if he makes the decision now, and I, I th- this is why I think it's smart, you know, he just has that competitor in him, and I don't know how he's, you know, how he's going to, uh, what he's going to do about that. You know, I don't see him ever being a coach. 
you know. But I just I could see him if he'd made the decision now and then training camp opens or the preseason games open. I could I could just see him sitting at home going, oh god, oh god, <laughs> like it'd be a physical thing. I go, oh god, I got to play, you know. Uh, so I, I think it's smart that he's uh, he's waiting uh, to make this decision. It's 39 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a break. We're going to go over a little bit today after 10 o'clock because uh, we had the uh, the sound issues this morning. So we're going to go uh, a little bit over. But we're going to take a break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 41 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to The Wake Up Call on a Monday morning. By the way, those of you uh, listening and or watching from New England, glad to see you made it through the uh, blizzard. My daughter, uh, I talked to her on uh, uh, Sunday. They got uh, 21 and a half inches of snow uh, where she lives. Uh, she's living in Groton, Connecticut. 21 and a half inches of snow. I got the hell out of there just in time. Uh, the old town I used to live in in Middletown, Connecticut, where our studio was when we started this, um, uh, we got uh, they got about 13 or 14 inches there. So uh, I got I got two inches of fluffy snow here. That I literally probably could have blown over with, uh, blown off with a, a snowblower, or not a snowblower, a uh, uh, a leaf blower, you know. And and by the way, it was gone uh, by two o'clock in the afternoon. I don't have any snow on the ground out here now. It's all, you know, I'm not, not trying to rub it in or anything. But Boston got hit with a couple of feet, uh, so uh, unbelievable. Uh, man, I got out, I got out just in time. Um, Josh McDaniels looks like he is going to be getting out of New England and not have to worry about the uh, snow there anymore. Uh, reports are that he is about to take the head coaching position with the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, if you remember, McDaniels has been a head coach before. He was a head coach uh, in Denver for a couple of years. It was an unmitigated disaster. Um he was offered the Indianapolis Colts job back in 2018, accepted the job, and then said, yeah, you know what, never mind, I changed my mind and ended up coming back to the Patriots. Um, so he is heading out to Las Vegas now with Dave Ziegler. Dave Ziegler, who has been hired to be the general manager out there, so two guys from the Patriots heading to Vegas. But you know, look, and and uh, McDaniel's is a is a Belichick disciple, and uh, that also with that, it, you know, which is great, I guess. But with that comes the Belichick uh, surliness, uh, the uh, cold mouth, the the closed mouth kind of thing, not really saying anything, and uh, you know. So it's, you know, you take the good with the bad, but the thing with Belichick is, is he's had enough success he can get away with that. Uh, McDaniels did a lot of that in Denver and alienated a lot of people. The problem he's going to have in Vegas, there's a couple of them. Number one, um, Rich Bisaccia, who was named the interim coach after John Gruden stepped down, uh, was loved by the players. And I thought Bisaccia did a great job uh, rallying that team, getting them into the playoffs, you know, uh, but, you know, or getting them into playoff position anyway. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that, you know, Mark Davis, the owner of the, the, the Raiders, 
probably did not want to give him the job because he wanted a name. He wanted, you know, that's part of the, that's part. And this, that that's the other part of this. That's going to be tricky for McDaniels is look, the owner of the, the Raiders runs the show there, you know, Ziegler and, and McDaniels can do whatever they want, but at the end of the day, it's Mark Davis. that's going to have the final say. And Mark Davis is the son of Al Davis. He learned at the father's feet, and Al Davis was a loose cannon, and Mark Davis is a, a little bit of a loose cannon as well. They've had all the personnel problems, all the bad decisions they've made on draft picks, et cetera, et cetera. Now, look, you can make the case that McDaniels and Ziegler will fix that, and uh, they'll fix some of the circus that is going on around the uh, the Raiders. But you know what? I don't know that that's possible. Think about that. I mean, you know, th- seriously, the Raiders have been a soap opera for as long as I can remember. There's always been something going on with them, you know. Um, you know, maybe you know, not maybe back when Madden was coaching, but but you know, since uh, you know, since the '90s, I mean, it's been like one thing after another with that franchise. So you know, so I don't know. McDaniel's is going from a very stable organization in the Patriots, where everything is, you know, you kind of know where everything is, right? And uh, now you're going to go out to probably one of the most uh, uncertain situation. Uh, look, outside of say, I mean, Jacksonville's a complete, you know, nut nutcase, nut job, uh, madhouse. But the Raiders are a still a soap opera, you know. And the question is going to be: Is how is Derek Carr going to react to this? You know, Derek Carr, you know, liked Rick, Rich Passaccia. Not that that should make a difference, but, you know, Derek Carr's got some decisions to make, free agency coming up. What's he going to want to do? Is he going to want to sign on with uh, McDaniels, or is or is he going to say, eh, it's not my guy, and I want out? So we'll see. Um, and, 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 and if you're the Patriots, look, McDaniels has been a whipping boy for the New England media. And New England fans about his play calling, et cetera, et cetera. There were a lot of people that felt that uh, he was responsible for putting the brakes on uh, the Mac Jones this year. The reason that uh, you know that they they didn't let Mac Jones, they didn't take the training wheels off fast enough, et cetera, et cetera. You look, you can make the case that Josh McDaniels treated Mac Jones exactly the way he needed to be treated. He did it in such a way that, that he set him up to succeed. You can make the case if, you know, you would just throw them to the wolves with some other offensive coordinator that didn't have the patience and the experience that McDaniels had working with young quarterbacks that maybe the Patriots season would have been a mess, would have been a wreck. So as much as McDaniels takes a lot of heat from the fans in the in the media, I'm not sure it's all warranted. I think, you know why I think he takes a lot of heat? Because people don't want to criticize Bill Belichick. I think a lot of it is because, uh, you know, oh, Bill, you know, Saint Bill. I mean, we, I mean, it's a little over the top, but I think, I think people are afraid to criticize Bill Belichick, but they are not afraid of Josh McDaniels because Josh McDaniels is a convenient target. You know, it's kind of like what happened, you know, uh, in the Patriots playoff game when the defense was just uh, invisible. And instead of criticizing Bill Belichick, they went after his son, <laughs> right? Uh, so you know, I, I just think that there is a there is a, a lack of uh, willingness to attack the head coach in New England. So Josh McDaniels became the target.
So we'll see how it works out. But, uh, you know, look, he's not walking into uh, an easy situation in Las Vegas. There's no doubt about that. He's going to have his hands full. Uh, and the number one thing he's going to have to deal with is Mark Davis, and that will be interesting to see how that relationship develops. I wish him, I, I hope it develops well. You know, I just, uh, I have my doubts. Uh, I really do. So we shall see how uh, how that works out. And so the offensive coordinator from the Patriots, gone. Guess what? Offensive coordinator from the Buffalo Bills, gone. So the top two teams in the AFC East have both lost their offensive coordinators. Uh, Brian Dayball has been hired as the head coach of the New York Giants. Um, I'm surprised. I, I guess I shouldn't be. Because the general manager, Joe Schoen, knows uh, Dayball has worked with him before. Uh, so uh, makes sense. Um, but I thought Brian Flores had a really good chance to get that job. I thought he would have been a good chance, uh, choice for the Giants. But look, uh, you can't argue the, the choice of Dayball either. You know, this is a guy that uh, started his coaching career with uh, Bill Belichick, right? Bill, Belichick's first year in uh, New England. Dayball was uh, one of his defensive coaches. He was only, I think, 24 years old at the time. Uh, ended up going into college. He worked uh, uh, at Alabama. He was the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach for the Crimson Tide when they won their national championship uh, back in 2018. And then right after that season was over, he went to the Buffalo Bills to become their offensive coordinator. So... Uh, look, he's uh, been a coach in the NFL for 20 years. 11 with the Patriots, as I said. Uh, uh, you know, so this is a guy that, you know, has earned an opportunity to be a head coach. Again, he, he inherits a mess. You know, he's got, he's got to figure out, number one, whether Daniel Jones is really the right guy to be there or not. But this is a guy that's worked with Josh Allen. You know, Daniel Jones doesn't have Josh Allen's skill set, but this is a guy that knows how to work with quarterbacks, and if anybody can resurrect Daniel Jones, I think this is probably the guy. So uh, so two new uh, new offensive coordinators he- headed to uh, the AFC East. And, by the way, so two offensive coordinators and a new head coach uh, coming up uh, in Miami – and so that's uh, that's where we're at as far as that goes. And uh, so the AFC East is going to be uh, going to look a lot different uh, this coming year. Uh, the other talk in uh, coaching circles right now is what is going to go on with the Minnesota Vikings. And the Minnesota Vikings had a conversation this weekend with Jim Harbaugh of Michigan about taking their job. Uh, and supposedly, look, there's mutual interest. I think this is this almost seems like it is a, I, not that necessarily the Vikings are the place, but it almost seems like a foregone conclusion that Jim Harbaugh is leaving Michigan. I, you know, I could be wrong. And if you're, if you're Jim Harbaugh, you know, maybe this is the time to go. You know, you finally beat Ohio State. You got him into uh, the national championship game uh, or into the, uh, not the national championship, but you got him into the, uh, uh, you got him into the playoffs, you know, the national championship playoffs. 
maybe this is the time to go because, you know, are you, are you going to win a national championship in Michigan? As long as the SEC is still together, I'm not sure. So, you know, maybe this is be the way to go. And look, Harbaugh was a successful NFL coach, right? I mean, he was, what, 44-19 and 19 with the 49ers? Got him into the playoffs, went, had a, a playoff record of 5-3. and three. This is a guy that knows how to coach. So I don't think it's, uh, you know, I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world. So, and he's, what, 50, 58 years old? So if you're going to make that move, now is probably the time. You know, go in, coach 10 years, and ride off into the sunset. You know, we'll see. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I, he was rumored to be uh, interested uh, in the Vegas job. His name was linked to the Jacksonville job. I mean, his name has been linked all over the place. And he isn't denying any of it. Right? I mean, you know, he hasn't come out and said, look, I'm not leaving. And, you know, I mean, so where there's smoke, there's fire. So I think Jim Harbaugh is going to be in the NFL. It's just a matter of where. Uh, last football note we've got. Uh, the uh, I didn't know this existed. I have to be honest with you. There is an international federation of American football that has, well, I knew that part of it, but they have a flag football uh, division, <laughs> right? So they are trying to get flag football into the 2028 Olympics, which are going to be held in Los Angeles in the summer of 2028. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I just, look, uh, I don't know whether this, I don't know that this is going to fly. I mean, I think it's, you know, it's, I get why they're trying to do it, trying to grow the game of football. That's why we have games in London. That's why we've had games in Mexico. That's why they want to play games in Germany. I get it. But to me, this is just an, it's an American game. I don't think you're going to find uh, a lot of sports lining up to play flag football. I could be wrong, and and flag just and you know and flag football is going to be different because you don't have to be you know a behemoth to play it. You know, but still, I think this is a long shot at best. I just don't see there being international support for NFL football. I mean, now you know at least with baseball, there's professional leagues everywhere. Right, so I can see the baseball, you know, baseball being a big part of the Olympics, uh, even though it's uh, it's taking a year off, coming back in 2024. I mean, I get, I get that, right? I mean, we've got uh, professional leagues in Korea and Singapore and Japan and Italy and Australia. I mean, there's plenty of baseball around uh, the world, but there is not a lot of American football around the world. Football to everybody else around the world is soccer here in the United States. So, uh, good luck. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, UConn women uh, get a win yesterday. Uh, the rankings come out today. They are number 10 in the country right now. They beat Providence College yesterday, 69-61. Uh, a bit of a ho-hum game. They built a 15-16 point lead in the second half and then just kind of eh, lollygagged their way through the rest of it. They seem disinterested. Uh, but, again, uh, getting hit with the uh, injury bug, it's been crazy. But uh, Dorka Juhas, uh, the transfer uh, was out with a foot injury. They have had uh, so many different starting lineups. I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, and obviously not having Paige Beckers. Um, Azzy Fudd did play, although she wasn't much of a factor yesterday. Uh, but Kristen Williams was, 19 points. Uh, she was great from outside, uh, two for three from three. She had seven rebounds, four assists. 
Uh, Olivia Nelson Adota, solid game. Uh, Avina Westbrook, good game off the bench. Caroline Ducharme, you know. So, you know, they did enough to beat a Providence team that they should have beaten by 25 or 30. They beat them by 8 or 9, but you take it and run, you know, with all the injuries they've had. And the UConn men over the weekend um, got down early. Uh, was not their most exp- inspired game of the uh, the season, but they ended up beating DePaul with a strong second half. They beat him 57-50, to 50, so they keep rolling. Uh, I would imagine they are going to jump up in the rankings uh, this week as well. Uh, the Australian Open this weekend, Rafael Nadal uh, wins his 21st major title. Uh, beats Daniel Medvedev. Folks, I didn't, I, I didn't watch but about, uh, well, I watched a short bit of this. Not a lot. This game was, or this match, was five and a half hours. Five Five and a half hours. It actually ended at 1.15 in the morning Australia time on Monday. And Nadal, not only did he lose the first two sets, <coughs> excuse me, he was down uh, triple break point in the third set. I mean, so, and he rallies. He ends up winning the last three sets, 6-4, 6-4, 7-5 after losing the first two sets. Unbelievable. Uh, and this is a guy, by the way, that had a foot injury. He was in a boot a few months ago. You know, there was questions whether, you know, whether he was going to even be able to play in Australia or what kind of condition he was going to be in. He was in just fine condition. Five and a half hours. Congratulations to uh, to Nadal. Uh, Howard Hessman passed away this weekend. Uh, Johnny Fever from WKRP in Cincinnati. Oh, my God, did I love that show. Uh, that was one of my favorite sitcoms back uh, in the 70s. Uh, Essman, who actually was a DJ himself for a little while um, in real life, uh, played a bit of a hippie on the show uh, and uh, actually played hippies in a lot of his uh, shows. Um, and then later, um, some of you uh, younger people might remember him from the uh, sitcom Head of the Class, which was on in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, but, uh, he passed away complications from uh, colon surgery. He was uh, 81 years old. Uh, and, uh, last note before we go and look, this is, uh, this is, this is serious. Uh, word came down that Chesley Chris passed away, um, uh, this weekend in New York at the age of 30. Now I say passed away. She committed suicide. This is a woman that was a former Miss USA. This is a woman that was a division one college athlete. She was an attorney in North Carolina. Uh, she worked uh, for uh, on television for the uh, the syndicated show Extra, reporting uh, you know on Hollywood and things like that. I mean, this is a woman that, that a beautiful woman that outwardly seemed to have it all. She jumped from a high rise building in New York this weekend and died. And, you know, again, outwardly it looks like uh, she's got it all, and inwardly we don't know what people are facing. So I, my, my only uh, my, my, my thing here is, look, uh, check in with people, huh? Make sure everybody's okay. You know, if you, if you see somebody that seems a little uh, off or seems to be struggling a little bit, don't be afraid to say, hey, is there anything I can do to help? You know, we, we all have uh, some mental health issues. We all have people in our family that probably have mental health issues. You know, uh, don't be afraid to check in with people. You're not, uh, they're not going to yell at you if you say, hey, are you okay? 
You know, is there anything, do you need to talk? Is there anything I can do? You know, just to reach out to people, you know. Uh, and, and Chessie Chris had talked about, uh, uh, you know, going to a therapist and dealing with mental health issues herself. And uh, obviously they became too much. She left a suicide note and jumped out of a high-rise building in New York City. So uh, hug your loved ones and don't be afraid to ask them if they're okay. It's important. That's going to do it for us here today. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Wake Up Call. I'm going to leave you this morning with some music. I found this group. Uh, it's a father and son, and it's the group is called Folks Like Them. Uh, I found them, or they found me, on Facebook. It was a Facebook ad for a video for one of their songs. I actually bought the CD. Uh, I got it in the mail uh, this weekend. They signed it, and uh, it, it's... Uh, I really like their music. It reminds me of uh, the older older country music. It's not as poppy as uh, as the new stuff is, and I'm I'm a traditionalist when it comes to my country music. But uh, this song's called "When I Pass." I hope you enjoy it. I'll probably be playing some of their music uh, over time here on the station. They just uh, I really really like them. They're uh, father and son. I found them on Facebook, um, but I'm sure if you if you Google them and you're interested in their music, they sell the music directly themselves. Uh, if you're interested, I'm sure uh, you can find them uh, on, on a Google search. They're really good. But here's one I pass from folks like them. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country.